This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Um, it's my absolute pleasure to be speaking for the Chazak Shidduch Initiative tonight. Um, they're an amazing initiative to get into every single shul, to give the venue every single month um, of what's going on for singles, for Shidduchim. And um, I happen to know Chazak for many, many years, and whatever they do, they have a lot of Siyad and they're going to be very, very successful. Um, I'd like to tell you a couple of stories today, um, and maybe give, uh, give a little bit chizik to all of those who are in Shaduchim. So, the first story um, is a story actually brought in the Medjishtan Chuma, an amazing story about Shlomo HaMelech, and I'm going to read it to you from inside. Most people don't know this story. There's a story about Shlomo HaMelech. He had a beautiful... No one even knows about this. He had a very beautiful daughter. There was not another girl that beautiful in the whole world. Now, every father thinks his daughter is the most beautiful. But here, the Magitan Chum is saying, witness that his daughter was the most beautiful girl in the whole Eretz Yisrael. So, Shlomo HaMelech, Hibit B'mazolois, don't do this, but Shlomo Melech could do it. He looked in the signs of the stars. Mi Ben Zuga. Who is she going to marry? Who's her Ben Zivug? Shlomo Melech saw that this boy that's going to marry his beautiful daughter was very poor. You know how poor everybody? In the whole Jewish nation, he was the poorest guy in the whole Jewish nation. Shlomo Melech was not happy. Ma'asa, what did he do? Bana Migdal Gavoya Bayam. He built a tower in the middle of the sea, like on, a, like on an island, surrounded by water, like Alcatraz, you know, surrounded by water in San Francisco that nobody would be able to escape. So that's what he did. And he built a wall around this tower. Not Albito, he took his daughter. And he put her on the top of the tower. And he put 70 of the elders, because he didn't want anyone to have any relations with her, so he picked very old men, and he put 70 of them on the bottom, surrounded this, this Migdal, this, this tower. Okay, and guess what? Says, says the Medrash, there was no door. There was no door on the bottom of the tower. No human being could get in there. Okay? And he put a lot of food in there for her. And he said, listen to this, Omar, It says that God makes Shiduchim. Well, how is God going to get a guy surrounded by water, surrounded by a wall, a tower that has no door? My daughter's on the top of this tower. Hashem can't pull this one off. Okay, many days later, this poor boy, Nebuch, Shehu ben Zavuga, he was the one that was supposed to marry her, he went out at night. He was half undressed, he never had no clothing, starving and thirsty, and it was freezing. And he saw that a, a dead shore, a dead ox had just died, and it was laying in the field. So he cut open the axe and he went into its innards, which was still warm, and, and, and he went to sleep there to stay warm that night, otherwise he would have frozen to death. Okay? 
While he was sleep, sleeping, Ba'if Gadol, this is a fascinating story, a huge bird, a huge eagle came. And it lifted up this nevela, this dead animal, to go eat it. But it couldn't hold on to it because it was so heavy. So it couldn't get to where it's perched. And he dropped the axe onto the mapeset, onto the the uh, porch on top of this tower because it was very high and this where the bird was flying. And that night, the bird, the eagle, ate the, the dead body of the shar. And it stayed on the roof. When the sun came out in the morning, the bachura, this girl, went outside. There's a guy laying. There's a guy there on her porch. Impossible, right? Not when Hashem does things. She said to him, Miata, who are you? Who brought you here? I'm Allah, Yehudiani, Mibneyako. I come from Akko. And I guess this bird, this huge, huge eagle brought me here. Okay, Ma'azasa, what did what'd she do? She said, go inside, take a shower. I guess there was some clothing there, whatever. Put on some clothing. And um, he was, after taking a shower and cleaning himself up, when it's Yafamaoid, he was very, very handsome. That there wasn't a guy that's handsome as him in the whole Klai Yisrael. So listen to the Shidduch. You have a girl, the prettiest girl in Klai Yisrael, and now you have a boy who is the best looking guy in Klai Yisrael. And she fell in love with him. I'm reading you a Medrash He was very sharp. He knew how to learn. He was a cipher. So she said to him, Do you want to marry me? He said, of course I would want to marry you. So what did he do? Now you can't marry a girl in, in Yiddishkeit. Yes, he could give her, he had something worth something. It has to be worth a penny. So I'm sure he had something worth a penny. But you have to write a ksuva. You can't marry a girl without a ksuva. This is like the most amazing story you'll ever hear. So what did he do? He has to write a ksuva. He caused himself to bleed. The cause of ksuva and he wrote the ksuva in his, from his blood. Amazing. The kitcha. And he gave her, he gave her the kedushin. And he said, the Adim, the witnesses, are the angel Michal and Gabriel. Okay, so they're now on top. They have food. They have a bedroom. They're, they're, they're married. This Abramimenu, she becomes pregnant. Kishara, so as a king of Uberes, when the, the 70 guys on the bottom, so she was pregnant, which is impossible. Are you pregnant? She said, yes. They, they said to her, who, who got you pregnant? Why do you want to know? So the Zakanim became very scared because if Shlomo Amela finds out his daughter is pregnant, they're going to think it was one of the Zakanim. He's going to kill them. So they got very, very scared. So they called Shlomo Melach. And he came by boat, and they said, we don't understand how, but your daughter's pregnant. When Shlomo Melech heard this, he called his daughter, Amalo, how'd you get become pregnant? Amalo, Hashem brought me this guy. Talmuda, he can learn, Seifer, he's a Seifer, Vikichani, he married me. So the king called the boy. And the boy showed him the ksuva. 
Shalomelech saw in the stars that the boy that she's going to marry is from Akko. Shalomelech became very happy and he said, now I realize that if Hashem wants a Shedach, girls and boys who are listening, if Hashem wants a Shedach, you can build fences, be in the water, whatever you want. If Hashem wants to make it happen, it will happen. This is a medrash, Tanchuma, a true story. So all, all of you that are out there, oh, the COVID and all, everything that's going on, how am I, I going to date? How am I going to find a shidduch? Kush Baruch Hu has his ways. I know that my sister-in-law, who was here before, Lisa Elephant, she told me that she just had a shidduch last night from Zoom. you got to believe. If Hashem wants it to happen, look what Shlomo Melech went through that it shouldn't happen, and it happened anyway. I'd like to tell you... Um, story about a girl that I know very well and I know that the story is true and she came to the Shadchan and she came with her resume and she puts her resume down and she says I'm looking for I want to marry Gal Hadar the Shadchan said Gal Hadar you want to marry a, a Gal Hadar she says I don't want anyone I don't want I don't want I want the Gal Hadar she said, okay, let me see. You must be coming from very hush of Rosh Hashivas and Gedolim. Let me see your resume. She looked at the le- resume. She says, are you Jewish? And the girl says, not yet. Want to marry a girl adult? You're not even Jewish? She says, what did your father do? The girl says, well, my father is like a very big priest. I mean, like, like, like a cardinal, like he—he's big. He's not just a priest; he's like a big priest. Um, he also serves idols. She said, "I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I—I I would love to help you, but uh, where do you live?" Oh, um, I live way out, like in South Dakota, like I don't know, some way out town. Are there any yeshivas? Are there any Jews? Uh, is Chabad there? Anything there? Nope. I've never seen a Jew before you. She says, you're not Jewish, your father's a cardinal in the church and serves idols. You live in a town where there's no Jews or even a state where there's no Jews at all, and you expect me to find you uh, a Gal Hadar? And she said, yes. And everyone who's watching knows who this girl is. Her name was Sipora, and she wanted the Gal Hadar. And guess who she married? Moshe Rabbeinu. She wasn't Jewish. Her father was Yisro Kohen Midyan. He was the head of all the Avayi in the world. And there were no Jews in Midyan. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu went and brought Moshe Rabbeinu from Mitzrayim to the well to meet the daughters of Yisro. And then Tzipporah fed him for, I think it was 12 years when he was in a dungeon. You, what I'm trying to tell all of you is that you need to want whatever you want, and if it's the right thing, because both of them to deliver. Where else does this happen, everyone? By Rus. Rus came from Moab. Rus came from the worst place in the world. She came from Moab. There was a machlokas, if you could even marry a girl from Moab. She came from Moab. Her husband's died. She had no money. Her mother-in-law was Naomi who said, Ra, Amar, I had the most bitter life. I lost everything. She had no name. She wasn't Jewish when she came. And what did Hashem do? She ends up marrying Boaz, who was 
the head of Klai Yisrael, and this girl who came from Moab, who had no chance, became Eim HaMalchus, became the great-grandmother of David HaMelech, and the great-great-great-great-grandmother of Moshiach ben David. So when you think like, oh, I can't get this, I can't get this, shirach, nobody, there's no such thing. If Hashem has to have a bird fly this guy and drop him on your roof, hey, check your roof every day. Maybe there's a guy on your porch, I don't know. But um, he, Hashem will do it. And if, if you, you, you come from Midian and your father, and your father's Yisrael, whatever it is, Hashem can do it. And, if you, and Rus, it's called the Amamachus. She didn't come from a Yichazdika home. What I'm trying to tell everyone, and the same with the boys, what I'm trying to tell everyone is that, and, and that's going to be my last story, which is probably the most important story, um, that you just, you, you just got to want it, and you got to dive into Hashem. And this day, you should just know that, that, that Tuba Av is a Yantif tomorrow, right? I'm speaking actually Erev Tuba Av. But on, on Wednesday, um, we don't say Tachman. Now, there's very few days during the year that we don't say Tachman. In, 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 in Shul. We don't say Tachman. Only if it's a Yantif. What's the Yantif of, of Tuba Av? What's the Yantif of, uh, of Shiduchim? Why is that a Yantif? And I think that, that, that Tuba Av is, is called one of the holiest days of the year. Yom Kippur and Tuba Av. I like Yom Kippur and Tuba Av. Because the girls on Tuba Av switched the clothing. In other words, the rich girls gave the poor girls their clothing. The poor girls gave the rich girls their clothing. And when the guys went out to meet the girls, they didn't know who was rich. They didn't know who had yichas. They didn't know anything. To Hashem, when a Jew is willing to give up their social status so that another Jew who's not on that social status should be equal, that is the biggest, greatest yontif that exists. So tomorrow, well actually Wednesday, which is, which is Tuba Av, to Hashem is the holiest day because it doesn't matter whether you're beautiful, it doesn't matter whether you're rich, it doesn't matter who your parents are. That's a day that we show that we understand that Shiduchim come from Hashem. So I could give my beautiful dress, my designer dress and my beautiful makeup and the guy could give his beautiful suit and his beautiful shoes and his expensive uh, tie and his expensive watch to some other guy who can't afford it because, and, and not worry, oh, she, look, she, I'm not wearing such nice clothing, she's going to think this and that. Who cares? Because it's not up to her and it's not up to me, it's up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the emuna, the belief of Tuba Av is the same emuna that you have on Yom Kippur. Therefore, it's a yantif that we don't say Tachna. And I want to tell you something else that people don't know. And that is that Chassidim on Tuba Av begin to say Kesiva V'chassima Taiva. Chassidim begin, why Kesiva V'chassima Taiva? Because that's the day to get written into the good books. That's the day to understand that God is the one that makes Shiduchim. As you heard um, in these stories, another story about a Shachin, not such a great story about a Shachin, but I don't know who the Shachin is, so it doesn't matter. Um, and so I know this girl, and um, she comes from a very um, a dysfunctional home, and a lot of tragedy in the home, and, and no money, and no support, and uh, brothers and sisters that are off the derech, and really, really a tough resume, a really tough resume. Anyway, she came to the Shachan, I don't know who the Shachan is, not important, it's definitely not any of the Shachan that we work with, um, and... and um, put down her resume, and, and the Shachan looked at the resume and said, um, you know, 
this is uh, not an, this is not going to be easy for me to find a boy with all these you know the, so the lushan the language that she uses you know I'm really sorry but you have a lot of baggage that's what she told her you have a lot of baggage so I'm going to have to find a boy that has baggage now this girl uh, this girl's an Ornava girl she's also a Brooklyn girl she's tough she's strong so here she is at the shachin and the shachin's telling her you got a lot of baggage. I'll try it. And she sort of put the paper underneath all the other papers. Like, I find the guy with baggage. So this girl looks at the shachin and says to her, I, I don't disagree. There's, on this resume, there's a, there's a lot of baggage. But if you find the boy, just tell him that, um, that this girl has designer baggage. Like, I'm Louis, like, my baggage is like Louis Vuitton. So I was like, wow, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, there's no such thing as baggage. There's no such thing in God's world. Don't you think it's baggage? Don't you think it's poor or rich, smart? You see from Shlomo Melech's story, you see from Tzipora, you see from Rus that Hashem wants. It's going to happen. So you need to daven. And you need to, you need to know, it's not the way you look, it's not who your parents are, it's up to God. And when you give Him that power, and you don't try to do it yourself, um, of course you have to go out, but he will, he will do what you got to do. So, I want to end with this story. Some of you may have heard it from me before, but it's a very fascinating story with Rosh Steinman. Steinman was a big gadol, all the Shalom, Rosh Steinman was a big gadol in Eretz Yisrael. And um, I, go, I went to him every single year, Erev Yom Kippur. Actually, the day before Yom Kippur, I would go to him for a bracha. Many, many, many years ago, um, I went to Rosh Steinman, and um, I told him that I want to open a high school um, uh, that for girls who were struggling on the street, out of other schools, thrown out, you're struggling with a lot of different things, and I want to I want to open up this high school. And he gave me a bracha that high school should go well. And I realized after a while that you know from Monday to third to Friday we worked with these girls and they did very well. Um, but then they went home to the dysfunction that they were, abuse that they were going through. By the time they came back Monday, everything that we worked the whole week we lost, and we realized we were just spinning on wheels. It's not going anywhere. So three years into the school, I decided that I'm going to open a dorm. That way, the girls are in the dorm, and they sleep every night in the dorm, and Shabbos, they're in the dorm, then whatever we, we do a whole week is going to be able to stay. So, But it's going to cost a lot of money to open a dorm for 13, 15 girls. So I went to Eretz and I came to Rav Steinman, it's a true story, and I said to him, it was Erev Yom Kippur, and I said, Rav Steinman, I need a bracha. So what do you need a bracha for? I said, um, I want to open a house for girls that went through abuse um, and they're coming from dysfunctional homes. I need a bracha. It's going to cost, we saw something um, that we, we were interested in renovating. It's going to cost about $350,000. I need a bracha that I should be much in raising the money. Very unlike Rav Steinman, he looks at me and he says, who says, I said, we want. I said, we want, I, I want a dormitory and the girls want a dormitory. He said, who says... Hashem wants such a house. I said, what? I, uh, no, no, I don't want a house, not for me. And I went back into it and I said, no, Rav Steinman, it's not for me, it's for these girls, they don't have a home, they're being abused. Uh, they really want such a house, I would love to give this to them, I really want to do this for them. He looks at me again, and he says, and who says, who says Hashem wants such a house? I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's saying this. Not only am I getting a bracha, I'm sort of getting like a klala. So I tried to ask again, and the, and the guy interrupted me, said, the, the rub understood you, you got to go. 
I was very, very upset. I called New York, I called my school, and I told the principal, forget the idea, the, the rabbi is against it, and he's he like, who said Hashem wants such a house? I was like, I didn't understand what he was, I, I, I was, I was so, so broken going into Yom Kippur. The following year, I come back. Now, you have to remember that Rav Steinman sees thousands of people a whole year. I come back, I'm a mechutzev, I'm not giving up, because we did not have a good year. We did not have a good year. We did not have a place to put them to sleep. And we, again, we were spinning our wheels. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to ask him again. I come back to him. And I day before Yom Kippur, I say, Rosh Hashiva, we really need a bracha from you. We really need this house. The girls need this house. They're, they're decimated. They're going through mamish Gehenim. I need to, to build, to redo this house. I, I need you. I need a bracha from you. They need this house. He looks at me. And he says, you're going to have the money right away? And not only that, Hashem is going to move into the house with the girls. I was like, what? So I wasn't going to just walk out. I said, could I ask the Rosh Hashiva, last year you said Hashem doesn't want the house. This year you said Hashem's moving into the house. Is it me? Did I do something wrong last year? Like, Manishtana. Listen carefully, everyone. Now, he sees thousands of people, right? He looks at me and he says, Well, that's the year last year you said you want a house. The girls want a house. Hashem doesn't always give you what you want. But this year you said you need a house. And the girls need a house. Hashem always gives a Jew what he needs. I was like, he remembers? Last year I said, what I want? And he said, wow, it's a guddle. He listens to every word that you say. I'm not trying to be hard on anybody. But the message that Rav Steinman was saying, everyone watching tonight, and everyone who's dating, wants to get married. Just because you want to get married, Shem doesn't always give you what you want. But when you get to a point that you need to get married, I need to get married. Why do I need to get married? Because my friend got married? That's not a need. That's a want. I need to get married because if I get married, only in, in Jewish law, to have children, I need to get married. So I need to get married to bring more of Hashem's children into the world. Some people say, then I don't need to get married if I know I can't have children. No. You need to get married, even if you can't have children, because you need to build a house where you can do chesed, where you can have people, where you can do so much, where if you're single, you can't. You need to take in your mind the difference between, I want, everyone gets married, I want to get married. I don't want to be single. No. So, Steinman, Rabbi Wallstein, you can't always get what you want. But you can always get what you need. So when you come to a Kodesh Baruch and you daven, and you say, I don't want to get married because everyone else is married. I, I need to get married, Hashem, because I want to have a house, and I want to bring children into the world that are going to serve you. And if even if I don't have children, I want to have a house that you could live in, the house of Chesed, a house of Midos, a house of Rachamim, a house of Shalom Bayez. When you come to the point in your head, I need this. 
Rav Steinman gave me Havtacha, Rabbi Wallstein, if you need something, any child, any person in Klai Israel that needs something, Hashem gives you what you need, but He doesn't always give you what you want. So on Tuba of, we need to take in our mindset, I don't want to get married. I need to get married. And I need to get married so I could serve you in a different way, Hashem. Not because my friends got married or I want a big wedding or I want to see how I look in a wedding gown or I'm a guy and I want to, you know, I want a woman. No. I need to get married to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why I need to get married. And if you do that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to get that guy somehow to that tower or get that girl from wherever she's coming from somehow to you. And I want to tell the girls out there just one thing that Rus told Boaz, if you look at Megillah's Rus, unbelievable. He called her Biti, he called her my daughter, and she looked at him and said, because you treated me this way, I guarantee you that I will not be like any other girl. And she delivered. She became the Eim HaMalchus. And who knows who's out there, who's the Eim HaMalchus and the Av HaMalchus, and the oven Eim HaMalchus of your own home. So let's not want to get married. Let's need to get married. And better Hashem, Hashem will give you what you need. And next year, we won't even have to do this because we'll have a base of Mikdash, we'll have a Yom Kippur, and we'll have a Tuba of. And Bezrat Hashem, Kushboch will take care of everything. And just don't give up. Never give up. I think the story in the Medrashan Chuma is most, one of the most amazing stories. Shlomo Melch himself said, Okay, how are you going to do this, Hashem? And there's a way. There's always a way. Baruch Hu always has a way. You just got to need it. You got to need it. Should all be matzliach. Should be healthy. Should find your zivug very, very fast. Where the boy should. I want to end with another another thought. So, so just very fast. The Gemara learns um, in kedushin when you when you marry a girl, so you make a kinyan. You put a ring on her finger. You sort of buy her, so to say. It's called a kinyan. And the Gemara says, where do you learn this kinyan from? Kicha kicha. Where do you learn this kinyan from? So we learn the kinyan of buying something with money from Avram Avinu and the Russia Ephron who sold Avram Avinu the Martha Machpelah. As Chazal. Of all the money deals in the Torah, we learn the money deal of getting married from a Russia Ephron who ripped off Avram Avinu. It's a very famous question. And here's the Teretz, everyone. When Avram Avinu bought the Marzah Machpelah, he knew, because he chased the sheep that was running away, um, and it went into Marzah Machpelah, and he smelled Ganeid, and he knew that Adam and Chava were buried there, and he knew that it was very, very holy, that it smelled from Ganeid. So when Ephron said to him, Oh, Beni Ben Chamahi, it's nothing, give me 400 silver dollars, which was worth about a million dollars, total ripoff for a cave. Uh, he knew Avram Avinu was very rich, but Avram Avinu knew that the Mosach Pela was very holy. So, so Avram Avinu knew he, was, he got an amazing buy. For 400 silver coins, he got the Mosach Pela. Ephraim didn't know what he got. So Avram Avinu walked away from that deal so happy. He's like, I just bought Ghanai then for $400. He was so happy. Ephron, the cave was worth $20. Ephron asked for a crazy amount of money. And he got it. 
He walked away. He said, "Oh, did I rip off this Avram? I made such a crazy deal. I, it's unbelievable what I just got." Says Chazal, a marriage. The best place to learn marriage is from Avram Avinu and from Ephraim. Why? Because each one in the deal walked away thinking he got the most amazing deal. So in a marriage, it has to be the same way. The guy has to, when they get married, has to walk away and say, I don't even understand why she's marrying me. I got, I got a princess. I got the most amazing girl in the world. And she has to walk away saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe this guy married me. This boy married me. I, I got a prince. I, I, I. So each one has to walk away thinking that they got the best deal in the world. They got the best guy and they got the best girl. And that's why we learn Kicha Kicha and the Gemara from Ephraim and Avraham Avinu. And that's what I wanted to say at the end, that Yeziva, whoever you marry, should always feel that you are the most amazing person in the world, and you should feel that the person you're marrying is the most amazing person in the world. And if you do that, Shalom Bayas will be beautiful, and wherever there's Shalom, that's where Kosh Baruch you should have a tzlacha and bracha and aricha shamim and healthy children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren that will be bederach Hashem until Mashiach comes. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.